0: Welcome to episode 376, where I spoke with writer, producer, director Mally Elfman, who actually got her start as a horseback rider trainer when she met the producer Missy Stable from Universal, Universal and asked her to come to be a PA for her. These days, Elfman is known for being a producer, writer, director in her debut film, Feature, Next Exit, stars Katie Parker and Rahul Kohli. The plot follows two unhappy strangers who find themselves on a road trip across the U.S. to partake in a scientist's radical experiment with the afterlife. In this interview, we talk about being present both with horses and on set, making 31 short films for Halloween, uh, a project called Fun Size Horror, how to sneak drama into genre, why she believes in ghosts, and why she wants to, quote, spread some blood all all over the place in her next horror movie.
1: I don't know that I ever saw another path. Uh, Well, no, actually, I mean, it's funny because my first job was actually, I used to be a professional horseback rider and I was a horseback riding trainer actually. And one of my students was Missy Stabile who uh, used to be one of the head producers and line producers over at Universal. And she said, you'd make a good producer. And I was like, meh. And she's like, come work for me. And it was the summer I was in college. And so I was her PA. And then I ended up being a PA on the ring too which was like my first production gig. And I I got to kind of see her work and how she worked. And and so that was actually my first time producing or thinking about being a producer. I, at the same time, was going to acting school, right? Not long after that, because I thought I wanted to be an actor. Um, and so I definitely did acting, which ultimately ended up not pursuing, but I think does did really help me in terms of working with actors and talking to actors. But there wasn't like a day or a moment in which I was like, this is what I must do. Um, although once I fell into it and once I was on set, like the, the natural chaos of production
0: mm-hmm.
1: was incredibly addictive to me. Um, the, you know, the kind of the feeling of being in a tornado that's taking off, but when it's taking off, well, it's very well organized and everybody's kind of moving in harmony. Is kind of one of my most favorite things. So I, uh, I've always been into putting things together. It's always kind of been my skill. Uh, it's funny because my sister went into politics and she works for the DNC and like organizing events for them. And I went into filmmaking and I do something far less important.
0: Was it just like a calmness? Like what, what made her say that? I guess it's so unique to say that you seem like a producer, I guess, organization and calmness or something.
1: Probably. Uh, and I do actually credit, like when people say I'm a good producer, I credit horseback riding because the fact of the matter is I used to ride a lot of like baby horses. And at that point we had a, we had a program where we were taking race horses from off the track that were going to be euthanized mm-hmm. and rehabilitating them for other chances, which meant you were riding a lot of really wild horses every day and getting thrown every which way. And the thing is, is you just have to stay calm. And I think it's also, you know, I guess people are intimidated by horses and big, scary things. Uh, and you just can't be. So it was probably something that she saw in me in that, but I do think that the idea of staying present and in the moment and not getting flustered when everything starts to get chaotic uh, is probably one of the most important things that you can have being a producer.
0: For someone trying to kind of follow your journey, your path, would you recommend as I think you got started doing more shorts, the producer, and then later you became a writer director does it get really more complicated? Do you see yourself as kind of switching hats as you do, or do you see as one big role now?
1: Oh man. I mean, it is a zigzag all over the damn place. I don't know that there's a road. I feel like I was (laughs) all over the damn map. Um, Yeah. I mean, the reason why I actually got into short films was I had made do not disturb, which was a anthology film. So kind of shorts but there was a through line and I went to a film festival with that one and I saw absentia and I said, Hey, that was a good movie. And then Mike saw do not serve. And was like, Hey, that was a good movie. Let's work together. So I had actually put together his follow-up film, uh, scared Heirs at the time. And then, uh, what ended up happening is that Trevor Macy also kind of found, uh, Mike around the same time and, and they ended up putting together Oculus. Hmm. Uh, and I was going to then go make scared errors again right afterwards. Uh, and then uh, Trevor found was like, hey, I liked working with this Mike guy. And so then we all made Before I Wake together. And then Before I Wake, which was supposed to be my first major feature and coming out in theaters and all the rest of that uh, was being distributed by Relativity that fell apart. And uh, it was soul crushing to go through that. It took us two years to win a legal battle to get the rights back to a film that they didn't release, hmm. uh, which was just incredibly disheartening. I had a TV series that was being developed that just got shut down one day with relativity. So it was really hard. And in that moment, uh, I had two friends, Zeke and Michael May, uh, Zeke Panero and Michael May, who came to me and they said, we want to make 31 short films for Halloween. And it was May. And I was like, fuck it. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Like, I just I needed something to get out of my own head. I needed, I needed work. I needed all of that. So I just threw myself into that and got that made. And then afterwards we were like, let's actually form a, you know, we made our first film, but then we're like, what are we going to do with this? This actually worked. And so that's when I got into that. For me, the joy of short filmmaking is I got to work with a lot of first time directors who I would later work with, Rose McIver, Karen Gillan. Um, Numerous others along the way that I uh, I got to form relationships with. I also got very strong in terms of how to roll through a production from you know idea to script to shooting to post to distribution. You just do it over and over so many times. It's not that much different for a feature. You just get more <laughs> overall. Um, and honestly it's kind of easier to set up a feature. So I was I always had the features going in the background. Uh, those were always being developed and written, but that takes a long time to get indie films financed and made. And especially when you're not willing to just sell into an audience that's already being made, but when you are trying to make kind of controversial material, it takes you a really long time to get that set up. And there was a lot of deals that we ended up saying no to, because they weren't right to us. So that was with the parties just beginning, and now with Birth Rebirth that I just made with Laura Moss. So, I mean, it's kind of all over, and I try not to pigeonhole myself. Uh, yeah, long answer. I'll still make shorts. I'll still make. I, I don't do it as much. I make pilots. I make features. I make immersive experiences. That's the other thing that I was doing in the background of all of that. As I did three years of the Overlook Film Festival horror immersive experience and Arcana during the pandemic. So, I'm just all over the damn map. I just do anything that exc- excites me.
0: Was it uh, coincidental, like through your network of connections that you went into horror? Or were you always interested in genre? What kind of led you down that path?
1: I like things that challenge people. I like things that aren't always easy. And I like to be able to have in-depth emotional discussions without having to make a drama, a straight drama. Right. Uh, I think that's really hard for me. And it's something that I don't necessarily as much enjoy watching. Um, There are, of course, I've watched many great dramas and I enjoy them. But for me, having an element of suspense, of thriller, of something in there that allows you to have deeper, more intimate conversations while not having to make them too preachy or melodramatic. And that was always something that enticed me over to horror. Also, you know, I believe in ghosts. I was raised in a house with skeletons and shrunken heads and all the rest of it. So all of this is just kind of home for me. I don't know that there was really a decision. I just kind of was raised into it a little bit.
0: Um, so I just, I just wrote a horror with a writing partner of mine. Do you see it as like the horror aspects are almost like what you're pitching and then your theme is really your plot or what you're really trying to say? Like, do you kind of include that in the pitch or is that separate?
1: You know, for the pitch, what I always try to find is the undeniable element of why somebody will say yes. And that's taken me a while because before I used to give them why I think this film is important. The fact of the matter is I got to say that with the film itself, when the pitch, it's just, why will you buy this? <laughs> like what is it well how am I serving you what are you getting and you know it depends on if you're doing tv now because I've been pitching a lot of tv and that's a whole different ball game um With movies, I will say, the nice thing is, is once you have made a few features that fall kind of into a certain zeitgeist, you become the person that they call for that zeitgeist. And it just makes your life so much easier. But it is really hard. I mean, it took me eight years of struggling before the first one got made where people would start to see what it was. But, you know, that was the party's just beginning, you know, Before I Wake was definitely in that realm. Um, But I think going off and and working on that film really kind of set off a new tone for me. And then allowed me to kind of follow through with that of this is what I want to be doing and things that are dark and macabre dark humor but not necessarily always horror um although I will say the next film I really want to make a horror film I I haven't had a chance to make a straight horror film for a second and I would love to spread some blood all over the place
0: (laughs) so what's uh without giving away you know too many plot details what was kind of the kernel of the idea for your your latest film next exit
1: it was always a character piece for me. It was always about these two characters and it was about what haunts them and two different ways of being haunted, two different experiences of trauma and how they were going to get through this. Um, So for me, that's always what drove the film. And then I, you know, I am a person that has had experiences with ghosts and have my ideas of what happens next. Death is a unifying experience for us all. And I just thought, let's just shift that a little bit and let's just see what happens to the world uh and so that was the original kind of conceit and just me wanting to follow these two characters and their journeys of how they were going to overcome what they hadn't been able to for their entire lives and how they were maybe the person that they needed to find to do that
0: when you're writing a, a movie like this it maybe has a lot is like conversation heavy do you overwrite those scenes and then oh my god or? yes how do you kind of go about some of that stuff to get to the essence of it
1: I mean, uh, these characters uh, speak so much to me. So there's so many scenes that I wrote that were never going to be in the film. In fact, some of the early scenes that I wrote were just them talking to one another. For me, it was just getting their dynamic and getting both of their voices, uh, monologues, poetry, whatever I could to understand these characters. I did full character backgrounds on both of them. Because once you really, truly know who your character is, once you throw them into the situation, you know exactly what they're going to do. You're going to be like, oh, well, they would they would argue with that person. They would be quiet. About it, you know. And you also get to... So for me, it was all about their backstory. It was all about their dialogue. All of these scenes were wildly overwritten. Um, and honestly, they still were when we shot them. And that's why you have an editor. <laughs> um, and hopefully you get enough coverage that you can save your ass. So, you know... It's uh, and honestly, I watch it. Some some of the scenes are probably still overwritten, uh, but I stand by them and I love them. So you know, it's it's all a process. Also, nothing makes you a better writer than having to direct and edit your writing and realizing the ish, the mistakes that you made. And you're like, oh, that was all you. Can't blame anybody <laughs> else but you for that.
0: Hmm. Um. Did you when you hired your actress for this? do so you change the writing at all? Does it did anything start to change based on the actual Performers?
1: Um, there was a couple of things with Katie that we we talked about, but not too much. Um with Rahul. I thought it was very important because I didn't know who was going to play Teddy. And once it was, uh, once it was Rahul, I did talk to him about his experience because his experience would be different traveling across the United States than, uh, than for other people. So we did have a conversation of what that would be like, what challenges he would come across. Also I did have to change the dialect to a little bit more. I got to say bollocks instead of shit and that type of stuff. He helped me with that. But uh, I, I think it's also very important. There's times when you're writing when it's very important that you write in a certain character, a certain representation, whatever you want, because that is intrinsic to the story. For me, Teddy could be played by anyone and Rahul was the perfect actor. And so I didn't want to tell Rahul what his experience would be like. Mm-hmm. I wanted to write the character and then let him inform me. And then I did do a pass.
0: Mm-hmm. Is that just something that happens through several conversations that you guys are very open of? Um, Is there anything you do on, on set to kind of let people be themselves? Anything you do as a director that you've learned over the years to kind of allow that?
1: I mean, not that I could say, I mean, it's kind of intuition at a certain point. I mean, it is how you talk to people, how you treat people, the energy that you bring to set and how you work. Um, so it's not like I went to set being like, I am going to bring a calm energy today. I just I find it very being on set is like the calmest place for me is like my happy place. So I think it was just making sure that they knew that they could trust me, making sure that they knew that I was I was always open to hearing their thoughts. and then just creating a certain vibe on set where we weren't over asking questions, we weren't over analyzing, but that the door was open when needed, and just trying to be very clear. I think uh, convoluted messages or mixed notes are always the problem. Just very simple. You know, I used to say to Katie, you want to weigh out, Rahul, you want to weigh in, find it. And, and I would always pit them against one another. And I love giving them like different types of directions so that they get into a scene and you get that natural kind of chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did too. So it was fun.
0: So imagine you learned a lot being a producer, being on set and just watching movies over the years. Um, Are there any false beliefs you had before you kind of became the writer director? Anything that you know is no longer is no longer true?
1: That's an interesting question. Um, Well, it's definitely not a right way to do anything. And every single film is completely individual. So whenever people ask me, like, how did you do that? I'm like, I'm happy to answer that but it's not repeatable like Mm -hmm. it was it is of that time we also made this in the height of the pandemic before vaccines before anybody knew what they were doing before we had protocol in place like so you would never do it again the same way like you would never isolate the same way you would never like we were completely bubbled for this entire shoot you wouldn't do that now so there's so many things where it's hard to say but the biggest thing I can just say is problems come up you solve the problems and that's all that filmmaking is and I think if you get the biggest thing that I would say from being a producer who moved over into being a director is that a lot of times a director will ask for something and then a producer will say no and a director likes to fight their producer on that from being a producer when I when a director asks me for something I will go figure out like everything that I can do to make that happen and when I came back and said no it's because there was no way and instead of trying to understand that or get into that or you know every rest of it I just accepted it and moved very quickly like Mm -hmm. that's not an option what's the new option and you pivot um and I think that that saved a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of stress uh because I didn't get into the nitty gritty. And I think a lot of first time directors try to put too many thumbs and too many pies and just try to be a part of everything and micromanage. And I just did not want to do that. Stick with the story, follow your camera, listen to your actors, make sure that you remember why it is that you're there every single day and then just keep going.
0: You get a lot of great advice already. Any other advice maybe for novice screenwriters trying to break in today or get noticed or get their story read?
1: Oh man, it's hard. I do find, you know, one of the things that I loved about short films is that I couldn't get people to read my features, I could get people to watch an under five minute short. Also, if they're gonna make a short make it under five, maybe seven minutes. Mm. Like The short that got watched the most for me was my three minute short. Like, just people have very limited time. And so asking them to read a feature. My other biggest piece of advice is when you send out a script, don't say I would love your thoughts say i would love notes i would love feedback ask i'm trying to find out at what budget level i'm going to do ask i'm looking for actor attachments it's like one of my biggest things is like there's different skills that we can bring as a producer and when you read if you have those in mind when you're reading it is very helpful if you're asking for i think people are like i don't want to hint at the fact that like my structure might not work it's be like no just like just say like, hey, I'm worried about the structure. I'm worried about character development. Uh, Just put it out there. And it is so much easier because then I can answer your cre- questions directly and help you more directly. Mm-hmm. Or even if it's I need actors involved. Like a lot of people try to say, like, give me thoughts. And then what they really want is for me to slip the script to Karen Gillan. <laughs> I'm like, just ask me that in the first place. And I'm going to I'm going to ask you these five like things. Like, what's your budget? Do you ha- What's your timeline and all the rest of it? It's like, cause honestly, I-, I hate to say it, it's not about if the script is good or bad, it's gonna be about the logistics of it first and foremost. So don't waste my time with me. Cause also giving notes on a script is, I don't take that lightly. So that's four or five hours for me of work. I don't have four or five hours. So I'm gonna literally stop pitching my projects, writing my projects or do something to give you that time. So help me help you. <laughs>
0: Hey, thanks for tuning in to the show. So many great lessons on screenwriting there. If you're looking for some more information, though, some more about the craft of writing for television, uh, we have a new course called Script Mastermind, where we have 21 of our proven experts telling you how to write for television, how to write a screenplay, how to break in, things like that. Uh, this includes shows of Gordon Levitt, Judd Apatow, also the writers of shows like Handmaid's Tale, Mosquito Coast, Hunters, Solar Opposites, Resident Alien, WandoVision, the list goes on and on. Check that out. Uh, you can get this all right now for $1 at scriptmastermind.com television. That is the television screenwriting masterclass. It is at scriptmastermind.com television. We'll see you next time with a new episode.